an employee experience, really crafting and curating an experience that is designed to bring out the best in your employees it is really in service of inspiration and creativity, not in service of productivity. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. In today's episode, Jeff Bond chats with Layla Kyer, Head of People Experience at Greenhouse Software. Greenhouse Software is a hiring company that helps businesses through their powerful hiring approach, accompanied with a suite of software and services. Layla is a seasoned facilitator and organizational strategist who focuses on building employee engagement programs that drive lasting change. Layla talks to Jeff about earning influence as a leader and applying that in elevating the experience for people within organizations relating to burnout and inspiration. And with that, let's get to the episode. Over to you, Jeff. Layla, welcome to Chavo Leaders. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know, I've been just so inspired by your servant leadership and the way that you bring humanity to organizations and spaces for people to thrive, which is a huge mission of yours. So inspiring to witness firsthand. Uh, but certainly it's leadership wisdom that needs to be shared with the world and the next generation. So what a gift you're sharing today. That's so kind. And I feel like you've just validated many years of me trying to figure out exactly why I was put on this earth. Uh, But thank you so much. So I wanted to start with what do you wish everybody understood about your field of employee experience and your why that gives it meaning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about this. You know, people experience um, has evolved. And I think, you know, it really started with the person who was in charge of planning like company happy hours, or we've seen sort of silly titles like chief fun officer. And as we've seen this evolve, what I think companies are starting to see is that really thoughtful experiences are what's going to really make a difference in retaining our employees and creating a fulfilled workforce that ultimately advocates for the company and does better for our customers and for the world as a result. Um, but how I saw this evolve in my experience, um, I st- as I was working with a lot of different leaders across many different segments, I saw them struggling c- to connect with their people. And again, they had these initiatives. They talked about culture. They put, you know, we all use ping pong tables as like the example of like, oh, look, we're having fun. We have ping pong tables. Um, and still not really bringing out the best in their employees, not feeling like they were connected, having their employees be still remain disconnected from the vision. And ultimately there was a shift that happened. And this is a shift I'm really passionate about. And I'm so excited to be leading in the, the latest iteration of this and the new focus of the shift. But we talked about employee engagement for a long time. And if you look back 10 plus years ago, employee engagement was all in service of discretionary effort. This idea that if you had engaged employees, they'd be willing to go above and beyond. And I remember talking to a CEO of a biotech company who was um, engaging me and my team to come and develop a culture strategy. And basically his metric for success was, I want to drive by or come to the parking lot on a Saturday and see it full because employees are just so ready to give it their all. And that's what I realized is like, that was his idea of success. Uh, that engage employees were willing to work on Saturdays, as opposed to really looking at it from an employee perspective, which is 
an employee experience, really crafting and curating an experience that is designed to bring out the best in your employees is, is really in service of inspiration and creativity, not in service of productivity. Mm-hmm. But through inspiration and creativity, you ultimately get what you need from productivity. So that's what my life's work has been all about, is really helping to foster environments where employees have freedom from judgment and they feel like they belong and that they can be creative through feeling a real sense of joy and feeling a sense of humanity in the organization. Wow. We could just drop the mic right there, Layla. We don't even need to continue. I mean, good grief. That is inspiring. All right. So let, let's move on though. Our belief at Chatwell Leaders is that leadership is all about earning influence and, and hopefully then using that influence as a force for good. I'd like to just step back for a moment from this beautiful vision you have today and just ask if you could recall maybe a first memory of earning influence as a leader and realizing how you could leverage it to do what you just said, break molds and bring joy to the people within organizations that you service, not just employees, but people that you mentioned Mm -hmm. very intentionally. Yeah, this is an interesting question because I think if we look back, and I know for me, if I look back, there are probably moments that this happened long before I was in the workforce. You know, a moment when I was able to stand up to a professor in college and use my voice and then have someone come up to me later and say, because you did that, I felt like I was able to push back over here, or I felt more empowered yeah. to challenge over this way. And start to see this idea that leadership that inspires belonging and freedom and creativity is role modeled first, and it comes through creators role modeling. Um, but one experience that, that I remember in my working life, um, that was that moment where it was one, like really satisfying because I got the validation that this worked in the moment, which is so rare. It's, I'm really grateful. I'm gonna hold on to this forever. I'll tell the story forever because it might've been my crowning moment. Um, I had been working with a team. We had put on a, a leadership retreat for a large uh, law firm, uh, on the East coast in the U S and we had all their top partners there. And you know, I am no expert in the legal field. We did not talk about anything that has to do with legal matters at this event. We planned an experience that was intended to help them think differently and using parallel learning to say like, I can't teach them how to be better lawyers. There's no chance. But what I can do is offer a new perspective of how to think about their work. If we need them to be, again, more creative, if we need them to collaborate in entirely new ways, what's a way in? And so we use an incredible musician named Stefan Harris who came in and um, he's part of a jazz quartet and did this talk about trust, love and respect and how with jazz, you need to have that in order to thrive. You have to trust that they're going to hit their note. You have to be flexible. If someone does miss their note and makes a mistake, I'm using air quotes, makes a mistake that we've got your back and we can flex and we can adapt. And that's what makes jazz so beautiful and so melodic. And so we had this curated experience. We had this surprise jazz quartet that was so beautiful and this talk that was really riveting um, and all these intentional components of this experience. And one of the uh, managing directors of the firm came up to me after and said, I'm basically rethinking everything about how I lead this company. And it was such a moment for me where I realized, again, like bringing in the top legal thinkers probably wouldn't have had that impact because it's something they already know. They might've read articles, they might've read books, they already know that name, but it was through this parallel way of thinking. It was through a new way in and an experience that was really highly curated um, to 
to inspire creativity that we were able to really like make an impact. And so that was a moment where I realized that I want to spend my life helping create those moments, those catalytic moments for people that they realize that there's a new way of doing things and ultimately serving mm. that like breaking molds, like rethinking, like, how are we working and how are we leading? And does it still make sense? Wow. Brilliant. Did you even fathom that kind of response from that <laughs> leader that he was going to rethink his whole no. business? Or did you just think you were doing something creative and fun and perhaps oh. inspiring in some way. I was terrified that they were going to essentially kick me out for being like, you brought me here <laughs> and we spent all this money and you're like to listen to jazz. What? Um, so that was really more my worry is like, will I have a client after this? Uh, and certainly, you know, in moments like that, and this is really getting to my own growth and development as a leader, um, I've always wondered like, oh, I need to be more serious. I, I should be looking at data mm. more. I should be more this or that, but always in the tune of like, I should be more serious. I shouldn't focus on fun. I should do things by the book, the way that I've been told that they should be done by who have been the traditional leaders, you know, for the last 30 plus years, which we all kind of know there's sort of been one model for a long time, of what leadership looks like. And so in that moment, like that particular situation tested to the max, because these are like incredibly intense, incredibly smart, like so just highly tuned individuals who have no problem being very direct. And so it just really spurred all of that, like, oh my gosh, I am not smart enough for this. I hear I am like thinking like, how do we have fun together? How do we be creative together? And they're all going to laugh me off the stage. And they didn't. It was completely the opposite. That's amazing. Yeah. It certainly gives you that agency to be that courageous modeler and coming right. up with these outside of the box things that are going to actually yeah. get people to stop and think like the stories and the, the yeah. things that weave into that. All right. So for you as the head of people experience at Greenhouse Software, I'm curious, what are some of the most important decisions that you have to make in that leadership role? You know, I'm going to get really specific here because I'm running this function at this company in a very specific moment in time. And that is a time that is, you know, post pandemic in the sense of like, we're all, you know, we were that company, we were that tech, tech company that um, we had, you know, kombucha on tap and we had a really lively people rode scooters in our office. And it was so fun to be in the office. And a lot of relationships were grounded there and built there. Um, and then we all go remote and people are missing it. And so I came in at this time where we're really trying to figure out how do we become exceptional at distributed connection, which looks really different. Again, before it was sort of, uh, you know, one, one size fits all. Like we have a cool office, we have great people in the offices. So like, there you go. We've created a foundation. Now you all infuse it with fun and meaning and connection. In the absence of having that, we have had to start thinking about like, what are the many different ways that we can engage our people? And the one size fits all, now it's one size fits one. We have to find so many different ways to approach, which what I love about it is that it was a forcing function. If people were not talking about inclusion before, they have to talk about it now. If you do not want to get so left behind so fast, you have to be thinking about inclusion in entirely new ways um, down to... Again, I've used this example. I don't know why I'm using this example so many times, but like an office happy hour. That's great. What if you don't want to be around alcohol? What if you are a caregiver and you need to go do daycare pickup at five? What if you, you know, there's a whole host of things and you have to start thinking about that in new ways when it isn't so easy as like, hey, let's all just show up at this table that already exists. And so people experience a greenhouse right now is looking at how do we really take distributed connection and 
create the meaning in that? How do we gather in such a way that meaningful connection is built without throwing money at the problem? So this doesn't mean we're going to fly everyone to the Bahamas at three times in the year. And, you know, that again, that feels like an easy answer. We're taking the more challenging route of how do we make it so this works for all of our different types of employees. If you want to be gathering, how do we make the right gathering spaces for you? If you love working from home and that's what works best for your life, how do we make sure that you still have an opportunity to connect? If you want to do social things, like we just hosted a virtual Friendsgiving event where we actually shipped um, all of our employees who wanted to do this a box of food. And then we had a celebrity chef go through a cooking demonstration. And so a lot of folks connected on that. But if you don't like to cook, that wasn't for you. And so again, it's like all these different ways in. And the greatest gift and joy and challenge has been, how do I, as one human, I am also an employee, so I have all of my own lenses and all of my own circumstances I'm a parent of young children. I live in Denver. I don't want to commute all these things. How do I step out of my own perspective and really try to step into the shoes of others? And by stepping in the shoes, I mean like asking questions, reaching out, building those bridges so I can then help to create the right structures so everyone feels like they have a place to belong without everyone having to belong in one way. Hmm. You know, I would venture to say probably less than 5%, maybe less of companies at the scale, particularly that you're at 800 plus, almost a thousand employees mm -hmm. experiencing 50% year over year growth, roughly, you know, the current work size, global scope, that probably still at that category under 5% have an employee ahead of people experience. That's the fact true. that the company is investing so intentionally in this yeah. and, and particularly in this new normal of distributed teams that are global in scope and that have such diversity and also with what 20 plus nationalities represented yes. in the organization. So talk about inclusion and differences and really stepping outside of the bounds of your own perspective and scope. I mean, what does that say to you or what did it say to you, I guess, when you first came across the organization, knowing that it had a department for this mm -hmm. and a leadership uh, role paved for you to, to step into? That's essentially why I knew this would be the right spot for me. You know, I came from a, a long career in consulting and I sort of joke that most of the companies, not all of them, most of the companies that I was consulting with, I would sort of end the engagement and be like, well, add that to the list of companies I don't want to work for, for whatever reason. <laughs> and I had this belief of if I want to move in-house and make this more longer, more enduring impact, where's the company, like, what's that company going to look like? Because I've spent this big chunk of my career, creating strategies, working with leaders on like, how do you connect with your people and help your people connect with their purpose? Um, but a lot of people, it was, they were, um, they were band-aids. They, we were coming in to fix problems and I didn't want to go in and become just a fixer. I wanted to go somewhere where there was a healthy foundation that I can amplify it. And that's what Greenhouse was. And I knew it from the moment I started talking to folks that just the way they interacted um, at the time we actually had uh, an, an entire interview panel dedicated. It was called a culture ad interview or a culture driver. Very intentional in the language. It is not a culture fit. We do not believe that you need to fit in. That is the opposite of belonging. It is how are you adding to this culture and making it even richer and more beautiful by what you bring to it with the underpinning that we all share the same set of values of purpose, belonging, and entrepreneurship. Um, and when I saw that there, I mean, it was so funny to be interviewing for this position and going through this interview that's called a culture driver. And they were asking me questions about 
my leadership values and how I'm going to drive the culture forward and how I'm going to create space for belonging for all of the employees that I interact with. I was basically like, sign me up, say no more, <laughs> like say less, I'm in. This is a place that believes in it and we, we use the language people first. And I am a huge believer. If employees don't feel it inside, your customers will never feel it on the outside. And this was a place where I knew that employees felt it first and therefore we were able to say that to our customers that we're able to help our customers be more people first because we were truly living that internally. Yeah, brilliant. And so true that it's the questions that you observe, you hear, you know, that signal you to what's truly important to the individual and vice versa when you're hearing from that that person of influence that you're hiring for your organization or any person really is the questions they're asking to find that alignment and that mutual desire to add to the culture and to move the the company in, in new and exciting directions. I mean, exactly so good. It. And now, so as you built this kind of really strong core and foundation, mm -hmm. like you said, that you knew you were stepping into as an organization gets larger, there is a tendency for the institution to, to dampen the inspiration. So how do you keep this from happening as you continue to grow at such a, a breakneck pace? Yeah. yeah, this is an interesting one. And I've worked at companies of all sizes, some companies that are the size of, you know, medium sized cities, uh, down to very small companies where it really has that family feel and in all the functional and dysfunctional ways. Um, in some ways, I actually think it might be the opposite. When a company is small, there's a lot of benefit, maybe culturally, where you know everyone, there's a lack of hierarchy, so you're sitting next to the CEO and you're all kind of on this even playing field. But often you're in a position where you're fighting fires because there's one person doing 10 people, you know, 10 people's jobs. And you're just trying to react as you get a new customer and a new customer request, or oh, we have more people and we need a new process, and you're patching things together. And there's a cool element of building in that but there's also this reactive element. And so what I've been seeing is if you have the right perspective, and it's a lot about mindset here, that as we grow, as we hire more people, as we carve out roles with more focus, what we're doing is actually freeing up space for you to do the work that you're really uniquely qualified for. And that ultimately, in my belief, will help bring you joy because you are more fulfilled because you're doing work that has more flow. You're doing something that has meaning that ultimately taps into your purpose of sort of why you're here on earth. And if you're able to spend more time doing that versus maybe what you had to do just because there weren't other people to do it, it actually really naturally can allow you to do what humans were meant to do best, which is to create. And uh, the the thing to do as you as we go through this process is you have to help folks see that because it's definitely a mindset shift and a lot of people see mm. you know you're taking away the scope I used to do all these things now I'm doing fewer things and um, not seeing the blessing of focus they're just seeing it as a takeaway and so if we can focus on we're growing but you're able to specialize and do what you do best and like lean into that and and love the process of deepening your expertise and the fulfillment of bringing your gifts into the world. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to curate. And I think we all are at different stages of the journey and everyone has a different relationship to that change. And also people like different parts of the process. Some people love being in the building stage. So like, awesome, do it. We are changing a little bit. We are growing. We are not the same company that we were when we were a hundred people and that's okay. Uh, but I think there's a real possibility for creativity to flourish even in this new stage. Creativity to flourish. I love that. 
Yeah. A lot of that, you know, from what I hear from you just boils down to that creativity versus the productivity and what we can actually help our people within our organizations step into that's going to help them feel most fulfilled and actually have the greatest impact you know, on our productivity. If you can yeah. orient your thoughts as a leader towards people. And I kind of want to pivot towards that because the big thing that uh, people are talking about today is the mental health crisis mm -hmm. in the workplace. And I, you know, I think a lot of what you're boiling down to here is connection, intentionality, giving people a sense of belonging, which is such an intrinsic human need and desire. So first, I guess, how are you approaching that and how maybe should other leaders approach the mental health crisis within their organizations that help both themselves as individuals, put the oxygen mask on first, uh, but also their people avoid burnout or a feeling of not belonging or feeling uh, purpose-led? Yeah, it is absolutely top priority. It is something we're talking about every day, and I, I hope a lot of people are. Um, it was really interesting. I recently saw a study, I think it was by Qualtrics, that showed that over a third of U.S. employees at its entire country said that they are suffering from some form of burnout symptoms. I mean, over a third. So this is not a situation that is isolated to a certain industry or a certain type of company or you know extreme situations. Um, you know, the person who's working 100 hours for six months sort of thing. Um, it's happening everywhere. And I think you can look at a few different symptoms of that, you know, and, and we can sort of argue what, what led to this place. But I guess at a high level, there's a few things that I think. Um, one, leaders need to understand that humanity and joy need to be a part of their remit. It is no longer optional. It is no longer nice to have. It is no longer the like, oh, let's write a book about this leader because they embody these, like, we all have to. And not just leaders at the top, but leaders all the way through the organization, whether you're leading a team of three or you are leading a team of 300. Really understanding how you're showing up as a human, as a person, as someone with needs and desires and a whole robust, beautiful set of circumstances, how you're creating space for others to have all those things as well. And then how you're really focused on employees' joy needs to be their business. This needs to be the thing that they're doing. Um, so I, I guess related to that, I also really don't view wellness and well-being as a perk. And I think this is a pivot we are right in the middle of because historically it has been. It was a lot of times like the, the tech companies, all these industries that are really having to vie for um, talent and really try to attract great talent because there's such a high demand. They throw things like, like I've mentioned, like the kombucha on tap or the ping pong tables or the wellness Fridays or things like that as a as a, a, a perk, as a way to just attract talent. Um, and in my mind, it is no longer that. And in the same way that self-care is no longer like me going to get my nails done, it's like self-care is essential to my success and therefore essential to my family's success, my community, my team. Because if I'm not caring for myself, like you said, if I'm not putting the oxygen mask on first, no one can. And also no one else will know that they need to. Um, so one, viewing leadership role as like humanity and joy has to be central to their goals. Two, wellness and well-being no longer being optional. It has to be built into our structures and our leadership behaviors. So we are creating space. And then, and this one may be controversial, um, and maybe it's a little bit of my style coming through, but in everything I have seen and read, connection matters. 
and it just looks a little different these days. Um, a lot of us are conditioned to believe that we're not productive if we're not sitting at our desk or sort of grinding it out or on calls. But truthfully, if we reframe what productive production looks like, be most productive looks like, it might be that I need to go fulfill my need for connection and meet up with a colleague at a coffee shop. And spending that 60 minutes there, while I may have missed a few phone calls or I might be behind on slacks, makes it so I can be so much better because that part of me is filled. And we have to work harder. I talked about earlier, we have to work harder for connection. It's not as easy because we're not all commuting into the same space. But how do we find connection and recognize the level of connection that we need? You know, I'm coming off of the heels. Uh, we just had an awesome leadership team offsite in San Diego. Um, and you know, we debated whether to have it. It was right after the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Um, we have a few folks in Dublin. It was a really long flight and a long trip for them. And it, almost the moment we got there, I knew it was worth it. Every minute of time and effort, every dollar that we spent to get there because of the level of connection that we were able to build as a result of that. So for this team, coming together, breaking bread together, working in parallel, uh, having fun, getting to know each other is the thing that makes us be able to move faster on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and so that connection matters a lot. Um, and then really infusing the connection with meaning. I guess we'll stop there. I love it. I, you know, I think back to one of the earlier episodes that we had at the beginning of the pandemic, and there was this conversation about using the phrase social distancing, because mm -hmm. the argument was that we were socially distant before the pandemic and the ways in which we behaved and communicated with one another, we would kind of attribute a friendship or a relationship to a like on a Facebook post or something like that, right? Or a simple text, but the level of intentionality, even within a distributed organization to find times to gather, but to find times to be intentional about creating spaciousness and to respect you know, the needs of one another and to model that courageously as a leader, I think is a really good word and, and really, you know, feeding me as a leader, I get to learn so much on this show about how to be intentional and show up for other people. And I think that's an important thing for leaders that are listening today uh, to soak in. But I always try to fly the plane uh, or land the plane down on the runway with something practical that could be done today for anybody that wants to become a better leader and bring more humanity to their organization and the spaciousness for people to thrive. So what would you say to that leader that's intently listening to this, uh, this nugget of wisdom? Yeah, I would say as a leader, you have two responsibilities. And one is to create structures. So that's things like, how are you actually meeting with your teams? How often? Is it too much? Is it not enough? Are they getting what they need? Is it cluttering their calendar? So taking a really good view and look at a really critical look at the different meetings that you're having, and then looking at how you're using the time. Are you supporting their needs? Are you creating space for them to share? Um, are you really making sure that you're connecting with them in a way that matters to them and meeting their needs? Um, I think that's a, a structural part of it. Um, and then there's role modeling that I think is really important. And so, and I, you know, we were just talking about burnout, and so this is really top of mind for me, but. I work with a lot of ambitious people. I've been in companies for most of my career where it was very much the norm to you know, check emails while you're on vacation. And it almost gave me a little sense of relief because I knew that nothing was urgent or on fire or anything like that. But I have been finding myself time and again, every time I do that, every time I do respond to the Slack when I've said I've, I'm taking the day off, I've just told everyone who sees that, that I expect that of them. 
which of course in my mind, I'm like, oh no, 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 you take the day off. Of course, take the time. It's important. But if I'm not doing it, no one else will. And so I think really looking at your behaviors, the big ones and the little ones, and sometimes the little ones are even more important to make sure that your employees feel seen and supported. And there's something here. I was just recently reading, um, and this this is about more of a marriage relationship, but I think it really applies at work and in our community and with friendships. Um, when someone's making a nod for connection, how you respond to that nod, it takes almost no time at all, but it has a huge impact on the level of relationship over time. And it could yes. be something like you're on a call and someone mentions yeah, I'm just really kind of having a rough day. How do you respond to that? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So let's get onto our agenda. <laughs> or do you stop and say, does this meeting still work for you? Can I create any space for you? Can I take something off yeah. your plate? And that, even if nothing changes and you do still go into the agenda and the person decides they want to stay, you've acknowledged, you've seen them. And similarly, if someone is seeming like they want to have fun with something, if they mention they're loving the new Taylor Swift album, doing in and say which song's your favorite and any of these small nods for connection if we as leaders can acknowledge them see them and understand that the investment in time is actually very very small but the impact on a relationship over time makes a lot of difference for those small nods of connection what a joy for me to be connected to you Layla and to share this gift of time with you today and for you to share it with our listeners if they wanted to connect with you or learn a little bit more follow your leadership where would you direct them online I think the best place you can go to my LinkedIn profile certainly send me a DM there would love to chat with you this is something I love to talk about I'm really passionate about it um, so we'd love to hear what you're doing what we can talk about different strategies Uh, But Jeff, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'll just take any of your time that I can get and the opportunity to have this conversation has been a true pleasure. Of course. And we'll add that link in the show notes. And for everyone listening, it's been such a pleasure to be with you and uh, to share in this time with Layla today. So um, go forth and be a leader worth following. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.